What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. I hope you guys woke up feeling stoked on life today. The world needs you, baby. The world needs that smile. They need your energy. We are in desperate times for the light and love in this world. So, I hope you woke up feeling stoked about it because you got a lot to give. Today's episode is an awesome one. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I I have to read this guy's bio to give you the full picture of who he is. His name, my guest on today's episode, his name is Dr. Ted Achikoso. He is a polymath, has one of the highest IQs ever measured between 186 and 210, which is one in a billion. Uh, and that which is very mysterious, which we did not get into in this episode, but which I heard him talk about in another podcast. He was, he had his IQ tested by either the CIA or the FBI for undisclosed reasons. So that's interesting. Uh, I think you guys will see why in this episode. He's an internationally renowned anti-aging physician and creator of the holistic homeopathic medical practice known as HOME, which is actually health optimization medicine. And it's the clinical framework for optimizing health and not disease or sick care focused. Uh, You can check that out at homehope.org to get more information. He's, He's an incredible dude, an incredible blend of science and spirituality he's an advanced meditator and shaman uh, ancient tibetan bonpo dzogchen and psychedelic aficionado he's also had pioneering contributions to neuroscience and artificial intelligence and is in the process of writing a book in which he is proposing a new model of consciousness he's highly intelligent that iq is no joke he's He's got an incredible view of the world, an incredible perspective, and I had a blast in this conversation with him. I think you guys will get a lot out of it. He does a very intricate but also easy-to-follow breakdown of fundamental neuroscience, how the brain is formed in the womb, how we come into being. He gives an incredible articulation of our current situation of being trapped in our egos and a pathway out of that and how we can begin to detach ourselves from our thoughts and feelings which seems to be one of the main issues in the ego trap Um, it's an incredible conversation he's just on fire for most of it Uh, And I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. He's a lot of fun, too. He's got a great sense of humor. And um, he's he's the man. I I love Dr. Ted. I'm going to have him back on because he also has a very extensive knowledge and understanding of cannabis. And obviously with brain, with neuroscience, um, I want to have him on to talk about cannabis and CTE, which are two of the main issues that really got me on my path in life after football. So that being said, we'll be, we'll be hearing more from Dr. Ted down the line, 
before I send you guys off on this on this episode, I thank you so much for your support and listenership. If you guys really enjoy this show, give me a shout out, rate it, review it wherever you listen to it, whether that's on Apple or Spotify or whatever your your platform is. I greatly appreciate it. Share it with your friends and family. If there's an episode in particular that really speaks to you that you think someone might benefit from, I I can't thank you enough for your support. Um, and last but not least, guys, head over to invadercoffee.com, owned by my by my brother Wes Whitlock. It's veteran owned. It's organic. It's low acidity coffee. It's the best coffee on the planet, in my opinion. I love it so much. Um, I look forward to it every morning. Every all the roasts are fantastic. Head over to invadercoffee.com. Use discount code the ebb and flow, all one word. Get fifteen percent off your next order. And that's about it, folks. I hope you guys enjoy this. Lots of love to you. Have an excellent Friday and an even better weekend. Peace. You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination. Your admission. Access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light. The place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go. This is the ebb and flow. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast. I'm your host, Evan Britton. I hope you guys are hanging tough out there during these strange times we find ourselves in. Very excited for the conversation today with, I don't even know how to begin, um, Dr. Ted Achacoso. Welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Um, so... For starters, when uh, Shakar, is that your your emissary, Shakar Pai? <laughs> yes, he's an M- he's an MD actually, uh, graduated from Georgetown. He's one of my students. Oh, and, amazing! Uh, and who's made who's made it his his uh, life's uh, career to whore me out? I'm I love that. Yeah, no, no, I love it. <laughs> Hey, we all need that. I, 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 I don't even know who I'm going to talk to next or when. It's just like, Dr. Ted, you have an interview with Evan. I said, uh, let me see who he is <laughs> and, 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 and why. I love it. No, it's awesome. Well, I think that he believes you have a lot of really important information to download to the world, man. Yeah, um, my my whole point, Eben, is about how to how do we diminish human suffering, right? Mm. How do we diminish? And in fact, uh, my company, Smarter Not Harder Inc., the makers of prescription, the blue canatine that you bought, um, yes. you know, the 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 mission of that is actually uh, closer 
to my personal uh, mission, which is, you know, how do I decrease suffering in myself mm. and how do I decrease uh, suffering in the world, uh, in others, you know, knowing that there are no others, you know, uh, so the other, the other person is you, right? I love and, it. and how do we foster a community of what I call non-reciprocal altruism, right? Because mm. in altruism, you know, uh, which is uh, defined in, in terms of biology in kinship selection, I'll be nice to my blood brothers first, you know, before I will be nice to my community, before I will be nice to the world, right? I'll be nice to my species first before I will be nice to other species, right? Uh, and yeah. so how do you upend that, you know, because uh, uh, reciprocal altruism is built into our genes, right? It's allowed for our survival and reproduction, but non-reciprocal altruism isn't. Right. Mm. So, so these are the kinds of things that um, have bothered me, in fact, for a long time. I've done my research primarily in the computation of consciousness. Uh, I think you've, you've yes. heard that uh, very early on. I was using neural networks to model how the brain works. But uh, more importantly, in terms of tying this together with the Eastern nations and neuroscience, right? And in the end, by the end of the day, I'm still a scientist at heart. And what has progressed uh, from uh, before to now is that we have found the seat of self, right? We have found the seat of the egoic self in the brain. Mm. And it's called the default mode network, right? Yes. And uh, it's, it's, it's an illusion, right? It's an illusion. Mm. Uh, it, it just <laughs> comes about from the processing of the brain. Uh, fortunately, uh, we become identified with that. Mm. Therefore, you know, you find people who are depressed or anxious uh, with lots of self-ruminative thoughts, right? Uh, that bring them down. That's coming in from that. So I, I hate to call it ego because people mm. seem to misunderstand what ego is. It's like it's something negative, right? It's yes. it's um it's a it's a Freudian term. Uh, right. So uh, which 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 uh, means to most people your your um, um, uh, sense of self importance, right? Uh -huh. But it isn't from where I'm using it. I'm using it as the self referential system for which you you form your autobiographical narratives, right? Yes. And the thing is, you know, the reason why I call it an illusion and in neuroscience already shows that it's an illusion, right? It's as if, you know, it's not, it, it, being an illusion doesn't mean it isn't there. It's mm. only as if it's there, uh -huh. right? So an illusion is different from being not there, okay? Yeah. So, so um, and the big reason why I focus on this uh, early on is that, um, uh, you know, it's the self, the self system that likes owning stuff, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, remember the, the you know, um, uh, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. I love that. You know, quote. the pain will, yeah, the, yeah, the pain will come, but who is it that's suffering? It's mm -hmm. the self-referential system. We go itself. It's because it owns the experience. That's why it's called an experience collector, right? Mm. It likes to own experiences. So I am the one owning you know, I own the seeing, I own the hearing, you know, mm. I own the judgments, I, I, I own yes. these feelings. Whereas, you know, I've uh, listened to a few of your podcasts uh, in, in my race to come here, um, is, is that, you know, 
what meditation teaches you or what psychedelics teach you is to be able to see that the self just arises from uh, fundamental awareness or consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's what you mean by a non-dual type of practice. So, so dual type of practice is when you focus on your breath, you focus on, on, um, on, on uh, your thoughts, emotions, etc. So there's attention that's jumping from place to place. But you know, um, if you're familiar with uh, Sam Harris's work in yep. the Waking Up app, you know, he has a, a short lesson in there that says you can't get there from here, you know, where he, uh. Uh, uh, you know, where he explains a map of New York and someone saying, no, you can't get to Central Park using this map. And that's because that map is actually provided by your egoic self, right? Uh-huh. So you, you, you can't get into... Uh, I, I don't know why people regard enlightenment as you know, so with, with a lot of of, uh, of uh, uh, spiritual and 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 other things wrapped up to it. You mm-hmm. know, if you come to think of it in neuroscientific terms, is just being able to see the ego or the self-referential system as it arises. And this is a skill that can be taught, right? It can be taught in meditation. It can be taught in mindfulness uh, and so on. And the other thing uh, is that the important thing to know is that that self-referential system is actually um, uh, uh, counter-wired with uh, what's called the task-positive network or, this, uh, or the network that's responsible for you to be in a flow state. Like, for mm-hmm. example, when I used to do surgery, I would get engrossed in that state, right? That's, there's no ego there because it's focused out. And when you're focused out, right, uh, the default mode network switches off. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and it's that off switch that uh, that actually is turned off by LSD, for example, mm-hmm. during LSD trip or during a psilocybin trip, right? If you look at the work of uh, Robin Car- uh, Cartwright Harris, Carhart Harris, rather, you know, where he shows the picture of the activity of the brain when uh, the egoic self is there uh, or the self-referential system is there, it serves like a conductor. You know, it only brings into awareness uh, what you need to see, right? But when it's dampened, you see all the other areas of the brain uh, actually communicating with each other that don't normally communicate with each other. So that's so fascinating. Yeah. So for me, the role of uh, psychedelics here is for you to be able to experience at least once, you know, what it is to have no self-referential system at all, right? Yeah. And um, for me, there's, there's uh, 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 as I said, you, you can call it a spiritual practice or, or, or anything like that, but sticking to the science of it, it's, it's uh, uh, essentially an awareness of when the self is arising, right? Because it's the self that suffers. Yes. And, and and so when when it arises, you begin to like these emotions are you, right? You become identified with it. In fact, yes. When your atten- when your attention is hijacked by your thoughts and emotions, you're fucked, man. <laughs> yeah. Because then totally. that, that 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 tunnel that tunnels you into into that system. So 
what are uh, what are we looking at now? So it, it turns out that the task positive network, actually the two main nodes of those, uh, those are the size of the brain. If you'd like to consider the size of the brain, there is what's called the salience network and the central executive network. Now the salience network is considered as the switch. It's the one that's switching you back and forth from your def default mode to your central executive and back. And this is... Um, you know, this has been possible only because we have been able to now map the large tracks of the brain. As I said, I'm after neural connections, right? You're right. able to map the large tracks of the, of the brain, which we were not able to do in the 1990s, right? Um, uh, so when you're looking at brain structures now, you know, it's useless to just know the anatomy. You should also know what the connections are. In fact, mm -hmm. there are now... Uh, uh, textbooks or en entire encyclopedias that are devoted to how the brain is wired, even just grossly wired, right? Mm. Uh, so we, we know that, the, for example, um, uh, the brain, uh, the 3D printing of the brain in the embryo, uh, as I, I like to, I love to, that. to call it, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the brain is 3D printed in, in the embryo, you know, the uterus is a 3D printing machine. And wow. so, yeah. Uh, uh, and um, um, most listeners will probably uh, ha have seen this somewhere. That, for example, the skin and uh, the brain are derived from the same layer of cells, right? Mm. So, uh, so your basically your skin is your external sense, and it's your a brain giant is brain. your internal sense. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's an, an internal sensor. So. Mm. When you're, when you're looking at, at the, the 3D printing, the first things that get printed by evolution, and you could see this being recapitulated by the brain, right? Are your, is your autonomic nervous system. These are the things that make you survive. Your, mm. your uh, what do you call your articular activating system. Your, the, things, the things that wake you up from a cough, for example. You see, the, the, that's the brain stem. Right. Mm. That's where your breathing uh, happens. That's where your heartbeat happens, and so on. Th these are things that you have no control of, right? Mm. Uh, and and so um, and so, if you look at uh, animals, uh, you know, other animals, all they have is a uh, an autonomic nervous system, and you could see this in infants too, right? You can see mm. this in infants during their development. That when they're born, they're just full of reflexes. Rooting reflex, when you place something beside their lip, they will, they will um, actually root to find it. You know, the, uh, the sucking reflex and so on. So we're built with this. In other words, we're pre-wired uh, mm. for certain things. So the, the brain is not a blank slate, so to speak, right? It's, it's equipped with certain evolutionary programs that are yes. So And then after that will be, you could see the limbic system or the emotional system of the brain. Right. Mm. And this this is the thing that will tell you everything is actually couched through the fear network. That, that's why fear is uh, is mm. a, a, a very uh, powerful emotion. Right. It's even yeah. being used in politics yes. without people actually knowing that they're being related by that, that fear response. Right. So this well because said. It's yeah. Like, it, it, is this dangerous for me? Is it not? That's your initial, right? Uh -huh. Like, is Eben, is Eben going to be, to, to be uh, mean to me or not? So there's that <laughs> fear response first yeah. before you actually shift to others. But that, that, that uh, thing is not consciously done. It's vetted within your limbic system automatically, mm. right? There are people that you, for example, you, we have an ichiness of snakes, you know? Snake ichiness is part uh -huh. of us, right? Mm. Um, 
And uh, for example, um, does that come? Uh, is that a sorry, Doctor Ted? Not to cut you off because you're on such an awesome roll. But is our sort of primitive or primal fear of snakes is that some sort of ancient mechanism that's been downloaded through us throughout generations and the evolution of our species? Yes, yes. Uh, and that's that's called you know um, uh, if you're studying, for example, uh, cognitive psychology on how you make mistakes, right? And we'll go through this later. Um, uh, how you make mistakes. This is called the type one error. Um, and it's, bec- it's because of this type of program, right? Type one error is a, uh, a false negative, mm. right? Uh, a false positive, sorry. It's just a false okay. positive. If you, see a garden ho- if you see a garden hose that's coiled around, you immediately jump out and then you see, oh, it's just a garden hose. It's because if you made the, the, a false negative type two error, you would have been already bitten and dead. Mm-hmm. So, so your survival and reproduction uh, wiring is wired in there within uh-huh. you, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and then after that, uh, so uh, your 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 uh, uh, essentially your emotion response, the emotion that actually provides salience, or how how uh, important is this signal to me, right? Mm. And it's it's done by emotion. And uh, and it's you could see this even uh, in in single celled organisms, Evan. You know, in single celled or, or organisms, if you put if you put one in a very acidic environment, it will move away from it, right? Mm. Uh, it will it try to find the middle. And this has just been uh, basically codified in in our system, mm. right? Uh, in our system to do so, and and uh, within within. Uh, uh, of course, the limbic system. Uh, when you're when you're 3D printing it, along with it, you you actually put the long-term memory structure, just the hippocampus, right? Uh. That's where your long-term memory is stored. So you you touch a hot stove as a child, then you you reflexly pull it out. There's also learning that's going on that's shoved into your memory system, right? Mm. And and so um, you know uh, you know many of the previous uh, psychological techniques or psychiatric techniques was to bring out all of this conditioned response that you had, right, uh, in the past. Uh, uh, and that's why abuse or trauma during childhood become very important because they're stored in there, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then after that, you know, you have uh, in, in the brain, it's like a question mark. You begin from the dot from below, ah. you know, and then you proceed, proceed uh, all the way up to the, to the brain, uh, you, from the brain, stem, it curves up, you know, the hippocampus. And then you have your visual system, which is the visual cortex, which is the back of the brain, right? And it's, it's, these are now the senses, you know, the senses, you know, seeing, hearing, uh, and, and so on. And, and then um, when, when, um, those are actually gated, you know, the thalamus, which is a, a, a structure in the central part of the brain, they gate all of the uh, uh, senses. Uh, it's, it's known as sensory gating. Like, for example, mm. some drugs can act on the thalamus to gate the pain signals that come up to the brain. So, and this, this um, uh, senses has to be associated with your conception, right? So you have now uh, things like a percept, the, the, the uh, uh, senses as they come into you, and then a concept. So this allows, for example, a child to see a tail of a pony. Uh, you know, first he has to see the pony, and then pretty soon there will be a concept of a horse, and uh, he will just see a part of a horse, say the tail, and said, "Oh, that's a horse tail, right?" Mm. Um, and then everything 
thing comes as a refinement of that, you know, uh, is a, like, for example, you tell him that a zebra is a black horse with white stripes and it's not the other way around. So these are, these are the kinds of things. So as you move forward, then the newest portion of the brain, um, the newest portion of the brain is a forebrain, the one that makes us plan, the one that makes us uh, stay in the future, right? Mm-hmm. The one that, that, uh, that is uh, 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 one, one we have to train, right? The one we have to train because otherwise we are always continuously worrying about the future because we learned some things in the past, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're always in the past or in the future and never in the present moment. Yes. That's why... A mindfulness or present moment awareness is a skill that people can learn, right? Mm. Uh, to do that. Or yeah. they can, you know, uh, try uh, if it's not uh, bad for them. Uh, uh, I'm not recommending this to any country where it's illegal, but, you know, they can try some microdosing, some uh, psilocybin or microdosing yes. some LSD, you know, at least twice a week to experience what it is just to have an attenuation. Uh, you know, of of that uh, of that system, and an attenu- attenuation of the uh, illusion of the self, right? Mm. So so that uh, you feel, you know, you you can make decisions that are not just referential to yourself, right? So that's why, for example, exercise is such a great antidepressant, up to eighty-five yeah. percent better, right, than antidepressants. It's because when you're exercising, you're not actually focused inward; you're focused outward, right? Mm. You're, for say, for example, you're running or walking outside, and you're focused outside. You're not you're not ruminating from things uh, inside of you. So um, you could see how how uh, the brain is very young, and most people uh, actually uh, don't realize that although the brain has 86 billion uh, neurons, we only have about uh, 16 billion neurons in the cortex. The cortex is very thin, right? Most Mm. of our... uh, about uh, about that uh, sorry twenty six twenty we only have twenty six billion neurons in the cortex, you know uh, majority about sixty billion are actually contained in our cerebellum. And the cerebellum is the or is is the part of the brain that's at the back right here, the one that you actually bludgeon when you want to murder someone. Uh, <laughs> you know it's. <laughs> It's it's uh, responsible for movement, right? It's responsible uh. for your for your movement uh, and so on. So you can see we're 3D printed from the ground up first uh. by evolution, right? You have biologically printed; it's there. And then as you get older, now you begin to have your what I call sociocultural programs mm. and or environmental programs. Like for example, you know. People marvel uh, uh, at you know how come the baby responds to the mother's voice, etc. Well, when the fetus is inside the, the body and it begins to hear, it begins the brain begins to be, get wired and gets used to all of those sounds, right? It begins to hear the quarreling of the parents, for example, uh, and so on. So, so you could you you could see now that. Uh, while in in utero, the brain already is getting getting programmed, and then and then that when they're born is when we totally fuck them up, you know. Uh, <laughs> is is because yeah. <laughs> that's when that's when we pass our neurosis to our kids, uh, uh-huh. and the most per, uh, the most pernicious ones are our beliefs, right, uh, about mm. things which are useful to us but may not be useful to their generation, mm. right? So, but the so 
from a, a bottom-up contr- uh, control, you know, we now try to exert a top-down control. But mm. we're so poor at top control, Eben, because um, the top-down control means we have to now understand what rationality is about, right? Mm. And and that's why we always say, well, emotion and rationality are different. And that's because rationality is very counterintuitive. And I always tell this to my students, rationality is based on statistics and probability, which is very counterintuitive to us because that's not how we're programmed. Um, and so we make a lot of, you know, we have cognitive biases or heuristics, shortcuts that the brain makes. Like, for example, you know, when you see an illusion, like, uh, for example, you see the Kaniza triangle where you see three dots with, with notches, right? And your brain fills in the triangle in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a Kaniza triangle. And triangle does not exist, but your brain fills it in as a shortcut. Mm. right and so we use those shortcuts and oftentimes to our detriment and the self is also a shortcut and it's oftentimes to our Ah. suffering Mm. and so uh so it's a shortcut right Uh, and and you know that for example awareness is actually late right Uh, awareness of Mm. something is late it's uh, anywhere from 350 seconds to uh, seven seconds late and the way i like i'd like to explain this is uh for example when you are um a catcher uh in baseball Uh right or you're a batter you know you're a bat in baseball so essentially the people have to remember that the world around us is just a representation. It's not reality out there. You are hallucinating this reality as the neuroscientist Anil Seth likes to say, right? Everything is actually uh, represented in our brain. There is no such thing as the computer in front of me, but rather that's represented in my brain, right? So uh, the reality out there is whatever it is, right? If there is indeed a reality out there, it's whatever (laughs) it is. But how, how, how how it is represented in my brain is this way, you know? Yes. It's because this is how my senses and my brain function, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the way you look at it is that, uh, the way I, I uh, uh, say this is, you know, if our eyes were seeing UV all the time, what would our art look like? It would mm. be totally different, right? Yeah. So uh, people have to remember that. But um, w- what I was uh, uh, beginning to say in terms of, um, uh, in, in terms of uh, the brain being, the awareness being late, like say you are the batter, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the ball is coming at you uh, at whatever speed and there's wind and whatever, right? It, the, the brain takes a few seconds to integrate all of those signals from what you're seeing, from what you're hearing, from what cues you're getting from the catcher, you know, uh, um, um, uh, if you look back and, and, and so on. And so all of those are delayed. So there's a, um, a, a few milliseconds delay. In fact, uh, um, my computation was two pi seconds. It was back in 1992. And an, an Italian group two years ago said, ah, it's more about seven seconds. My paper was entitled, How Long is the Present Moment? Right? How mm. long is this present moment? I'd love to read and, that. And, and therefore, you know, um, when you bat, that's why you need to practice and practice and practice because you have to compensate for the error, Yes, right? the error of your perception. So that's the reason why you practice is that uh, you keep on practicing is to diminish that error, 
right? This mm. finish error between what you're seeing and how your body is moving. And you could see right there that awareness is actually delayed, right? It's late. Uh, so the world that we're living in is actually delayed by a few. The, our awareness of the world is actually delayed by anywhere from 350 milliseconds to seven seconds. And you know there was a work of uh, Libet uh, in uh, 1990, which has been uh, often cited, and some people actually, you know, don't like uh, using it. But um, uh, there, he uh, actually uh, saw that you know he he told the subject to reach for a glass of water when they willed it, right? When they willed, it's like, now, now I want to reach for that glass of water. And what he found is that uh, at the point of reaching for the glass of water, the brain has already been firing by 350 milliseconds beforehand. Mm. So who is that? 350 milliseconds beforehand, right? Yeah. So you could, you, you could only imagine then that it's the willful self right? The, the, the illusory self that says, I'm going to reach for the glass of water. But beforehand, there is that awareness already that's there that is not being presented to your consciousness, right? Mm. So, so, uh, so you, you, can see, uh, you, you can see how uh, we have made a lot of progress in your science. And, and uh, my, my, uh, uh, one of my missions is, as I said, to decrease suffering in yourself. And uh, one of the ways to do that, and for me, is to, to, to decrease suffering in yourself, is to be able to see when yourself is arising. And it's a skill that you you uh you acquire right by meditation yes. by by uh, uh use of uh, uh judicious use of psychedelics uh, and so on and just to have a feel i i call it the the steroids uh, psychedelics are the steroids yes. of uh, of the mental gym yes right? for they're, sure they're the steroids they're the steroids of the mental gym you still have to do the work you still yes. have to do the heavy lifting definitely uh, so in order to grow <laughs> in order to grow so um, if we can, uh, so if you're looking at it that way, right, then you could look at the, uh, you know, 2,500 year old uh, uh, writings of the Buddha, for example, mm. uh, mm -hmm. and so on. And it's essentially arriving at the same conclusion, except yeah. that, you know, uh, it is now we, are, we have neuroscience to show that, well, okay, it has, the ego has its purpose or the, the uh, self-referential system has its purpose, right? What is that purpose? Um, the purpose is for you to be able to attach your role to it. For example, there's uh -huh. Dr. Ted as a doctor, and there's Dr. Ted as a teacher, you know, and there's Dr. Ted as, as an interviewee, and, and so, so on. So it's like and a reference point. It's a reference point, but have to know that these are just roles. Uh -huh. It's not you. Right, right. right. There, there, there is no you there. It's just a role. But people uh -huh. see you as that. People see you as that. And uh, I, I, uh, I've heard you refer to listen to Alan Wallace and, and so on. It's like, well, you know, um, uh, one of the people that you should listen to also is Ram Das, right? He, yeah, he love says Ram. A lot of this. Yeah, he, he says a lot of these things um, uh, in in his own way, but. Had he survived, uh, you know, to, I know he died last December, but um, had he survived, you know, and seen all of these developments in your science, you know, he would have uh, essentially married, uh, he's, he's very brilliant, he yeah. married, yeah. you know, the current new science with it. So 
for those who are not interested in in Ramdas, those who are not interested in Alan Watts or anything like that, you know, I encourage them and to 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 stick to the science of it if mm. they're not comfortable with the philosophy, right? Yeah. And say, how do we now use this to help ourselves? So why is this an emergency of our time? Uh, I know yeah. we started this, Eben, in our uh, uh, pre-interview uh, uh, yeah. uh, talk. And it, it's because our, when we suffer this way, right? It's the, the ego that always wants, wants, wants. I want this. I want that. I want that. It, by example is that if you teach your kids i want a three thousand dollar prom dress you fuck up right so <laughs> <laughs> right and, and, and so um um it, what is it then on a collective view right then we want more profits right we want because we want more profits we are going to pollute the earth more which is the only habitat that we have right now uh, we 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 will use child labor we will do slave trade and so on so you could see that from just this that fundamental seed right yes. that fundamental seed of of not realizing that that egoic self is not identity right when you assume that the egoic self is your identity that now you see the mushrooming of all of the problems that we have currently and yeah. and what's frustrating me is that now we have a really these weird times of the pandemic and what we're seeing is people fighting right yeah. people fighting instead of banding together and saying well what do we do for our species now right yes. you know where are we in our place with all the other species uh, in, in on earth right mm -hmm. and uh, and for me I, I, I like to say this in my lectures humans are not the most important species on earth they're just the most pernicious and <laughs> <laughs> and they they are pernicious because of this identification self-preferential system. Right? Uh -huh. It is not bad. It's just you, you need to have a balance and you need to know when the illusion uh, is there, right? Uh -huh. Oh, you know, you're seeing an illusion and and then when you're seeing the illusion, you're able to pull back and said, oh, you know, I'm getting hurt from this conversation because someone is owning the emotion. Right, mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm getting hurt from from this. Uh, for, I, I'm having, uh, I'm suffering from this pain because someone is owning the pain. Right, so that's why people say, you know, I, I, I or I say, like even in in the worst headache that you're having, yeah, you have pain, but you're not suffering because the, when you are looking at uh, non ownership of the pain, it's just there. It's uh, actually. Uh, uh, a mechanism of your body to warn you of something that mm. is uh, not not good, right? For pain, pain, like you cut yourself and and so on. This this is basically a, a body's warning for you. It's just pain, right? Mm. And there's no owner to pain. It's like it's not dog that is hurting. You know, there's just pain. And it, you know, all the writings in the East, you know, uh, uh, are 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 written. Uh, just so because that's exactly the experience that they have, right? It's yeah. written on on like 
this is the experience. Uh, if you, uh, for example, have tried uh, headless.org, you know, the headless way, where how do you really see the world, right? And the world without your face, without anything, right? And everything is just uh, in front of you. So when you, uh, when you make that switch, right? When you realize that, uh, when you realize like, yeah, your first person view of the world really contains no head. You just see until, until your body and so on. But the whole of you contains all of the world around you. And this is the shift, you know, uh, that yeah. I make. Uh, in fact, one of, um, you know, um, uh, first, I, I use one of Sam Harris's uh, examples uh, here as, uh, you know, uh, how superficial this illusion is. You know, it's not mm. a deep one as people make it to be. Right. It's actually what's called the ordinary mind, right? It's the ordinary mind. And you shift uh, to the ordinary mind. He says it's like riding on a train. You know, all our lives are actually focused on the outside, right? Uh, we're focused on the side, what's happening on the side, etc. But every once in a while, you know, um, with the proper lighting and the proper angle of the face, you catch a glimpse of, of that face in the glass and it's yours, mm. right? And that brief moment, that's the loss of the ego, right? Mm. It's just a few seconds that you glimpse it because of the, of, of, of that. But, and the goal is, well, how do you now prolong the experience, right? How do you, how do you stay? You're, you can see both outside and your face at the same time, meaning you can see your the ilu- the the, the uh, reflection of your ego arise. That's not you either, right? So it's a it's a good it's a good um, example uh, analogy of yeah. how superficial really the illusion is. People think it's deep because of the practices of having to go deep into meditation, etc., uh, going into vipassana retreats or you know mm. six uh, six week meditation, etc. That is good, and you know why that's good uh, is is that it's training you uh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> to have absolutely no disturbance and to stick there and yeah. take a look at how your thought actually occurring. Um, the, one of the big lessons is to see your thoughts occurring in the same space as your emotions is occurring in the same space as right now I'm looking at you via Zoom screen, you know, is occurring into what I'm hearing and hearing you. So it's all one space of consciousness. You yes. know, there is no boundary between inside and outside and they're mm. just arising. But what the self-referential system does is it sort of like binds them together and says, this is me. This is what right. I'm hearing. This is what I am here. See, and yep. so on. So, uh, but if you know that, uh, if you, now you are, if you train yourself and saying, okay, that's that's an illusion that's necessary for this role. You know that after you exert the role, you know you can return back to uh, not having to uh, use the self at all, right? When you're say when you're working throughout the day, you don't need the self. They're saying, you know, I own this project. You just do. You, you just do things, right? And uh, uh, for me, one of the uh, things that, uh, for example, uh, meditation and mindfulness are two different things, right? Mm. Uh, and, and mindfulness is basically focusing you on what you're doing at the present moment. Mm. What that's doing is re- really taking you out of your default mode and into your central executive and saying you're totally aware now. And since they're counter switched, right, your self or sense of 
will totally decrease, right? Mm. And and so, uh, and uh, this is one of the things when uh, I was formulating, for example, the blue canatine, right? Uh, the turkey that you bought to improve focus, uh, right? It has methylene blue, which energizes the, the neurons. Uh, it has uh, 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 caffeine to wake you up. It has some um, nicotine for your memory, right? And it has uh, CBD, you know, to remove the sharp uh, uh uh, feeling that you get from caffeine and nicotine. Yes. And, uh, w- w- you know, although we do it for focus, you know, one of the things that I wanted to see, I, I formulated it for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Is that can I go on an external focus here without involving my uh, default mode network? So what it does is it forces you to focus outwards on your work, on the things, on the things that need to get done, or as as our followers say, on our on the shit that needs to get done. Right? You just you you just yeah. uh, do them. And what that does is when you focus outwards, it's automatically your uh, self gets uh, gets shut off. Right? Mm. So 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 we're 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 looking at this now in so how how can we uh, do this if you know uh, to, to the younger generation, for example. How can we teach them this skill? And uh, you know, uh, they seem to be steeped in a lot of things that you know still in the old teachings, uh, right? Uh, still in, in the old teachings uh, uh, and so on. It's like no, no, no. We we now have a sufficient neuroscience. It's incomplete, right? And it will always be incomplete. We now have sufficient neuroscience to be able to make ourselves suffer less. And in the process of making ourselves suffer less, other people will suffer less. And because other people suffer less, then the world suffers less, right? So it's, it's a chain. And, and, and that's why it's an emergency. That's why I'm pushing is actually to the neuroscience of things, you know, rather than to the metaphysics of things at, uh, uh, and so on. Although it's lovely because, uh, you know, the metaphysics of things can, uh, or the philosophy of things can rapidly push the, the emotional circuits or your limbic system, right, into action. That's yeah. why sayings, sayings are, have, have a, a lot of power with them because they pull in your good feelings about something. Right. Yes. Um, you pull in, but uh, good feelings about something. But the thing that I like to tell people is that it's not about feeling something, right? For me, it's all about not feeling something, which is not feeling the suffering. So those are two separate things. Uh, I like to say in my lectures also, even that um, Evans, rather, sorry. Um, oh, good that, man. Uh, y- y- you know, we were we evolved to survive and reproduce. Yeah. So we are wired to, sur- we are to survive and reproduce. We are not wired for happiness. Mm. So happiness is a fucking inside job. <laughs> so- <laughs> I love that, man. And, and it comes because, uh, because uh, you know, um, there are only about 96 billion neurons in, 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 the, in the cortex, right? Uh, which is um, very thin. And uh, most people don't realize that. So the, its power is actually not in the number of neurons, but in the number of connections that the neurons make, right? Mm. So how can we train these connections, right? In order for us to be able 
to see when the brain is using its illusions, right? When it's using the, uh, the illusion, uh, when we take a look at the illusion, for example, of uh, when we see the, the illusion of a vase, uh, you know, of a, there's, a, uh, there's a vase, and then when you take a look at it, oh, it's actually two faces facing each other. Right, mm. uh, these kinds of illusions. Yes, the brain, the brain does the same thing with the egoic self. Right, mm. uh, it's just that it's so superficial to us. Right, it's so superficial to us that we don't realize it. Uh, we don't realize that uh, it, it's it's already formed the illusion. So, uh, so, so when you're doing mindfulness meditation, etc., we, we know that there's already a new scientific basis for that right so um me i'm the impatient sort right uh i'm the impatient sort uh i um, you know uh i like the uh i like the uh, the 10 cent solution you know the 10 cent solution story right of the buddha i don't but it sounds familiar <laughs> yeah the buddha i think the everybody's or, everybody's or, looking for the 10 cent solution yeah, uh, the Buddha and the Guru were, were, were walking on a, uh, the bank of Enlightenment River. And it. in the middle of Enlightenment River was Enlightenment Island. And the Guru said to the Buddha, you know, Buddha, I, I uh, studied for 30 years on Levitation Island. Now I can just walk on water and reach the Enlightenment Island. And the Buddha said, 30 years, my God, that is so long. You know, why did you do that? The ferry to Enlightenment Island costs only 10 cents. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So um, that's actually, so that's, an, that's my version. The original one was in a book by Conway about Buddhism, right? Um, but um, um, anyway... Uh, so what are these stands and solutions? Well, we, we already uh, have seen uh, a few of them. Uh, uh, some of them are, are uh, you know, uh, mindfulness apps, you know, your meditation apps. Mm -hmm. And then you have uh, headbands, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Muse and, and uh, meditation bands that monitor your, your okay. EEG uh, and, and so on. And you could see people making a big deal mm -hmm. about uh, what the brain waves are doing because, for example, monks meditate, they have lots more of the gamma uh, bursts in their brain, which is, you know, um, a 40 hertz is known as the synchronizing burst of the brain. It synchronizes uh, uh, the activities mm. of the brain, right? Um, and, uh, and so on. So there's, there's a history that, uh, that, that we're building on to produce 10 cent solutions, right? And I'm just happy that there's a renaissance of uh, of uh, psychedelics, uh, yeah. because then the ten cent solutions uh, are being studied. Uh, are being studied. How? What do they actually do? To, how do they do? They last? And um, you know what sort? We already know that studies on psilocybin. Uh, you know, it's ranked as one of the top five uh, most important experiences in someone's life, according to the study uh, in in Hopkins. You know, so these are these are the kinds of things that we keep tabs on, right? And the. It assumes a lot of importance in our lives, uh, especially now. Uh, it assumes a lot of importance in our lives because we see other ourselves and other people suffering, right? Mm. And most of the time, we actually uh, uh, 
are not aware that the suffering is actually coming from within us, you know, and we can inflict this same suffering on others. Yes. Um, uh, if 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 we're not if not aware, right? Yes. Uh, so so, uh, but but there's also the pitfall of of uh, using uh, this. And um, my example was that of a of a coach, you know, who used uh, psychedelic a life coach who used psychedelics. He he gave like a microdose uh, LSD to to CEOs, and then uh, they would walk the, the the forests of California, and they yeah. would go, "Oh, okay. So how do I, do I increase my profits this year?" Right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's it's, it, it, it's more like it, it's more like that uh, rather than looking like, uh, for example, the example of the gentleman who actually, um, you know. Uh, essentially gave his uh, employees a minimum wage of you know seventy thousand a year because that was a study you know that uh, at the time that he did it that was a study where you know any more than that and it doesn't increase your happiness anymore I think the value is now eighty thousand uh, mm. but uh, and he slashed his salary from one point one million in order yes. to accommodate you know uh, that and and you know but CEOs who see that and uh, they're they've tripled their business and they're very successful because of that, etc. And CEOs who say, say, nope, you know, not, not, not going to do that. Not so, doing that. <laughs> yeah, not doing that. And, and that's how, be, that's, you know, I, I don't blame them uh, in a sense that that's because that's how we're programmed, right? Mm. We're programmed to survive and reproduce and therefore greed, greed and fear, which is uh, what rules the markets, right? Um, greed and fear are actually wired in us. Right? They're, yeah. they're wired in us. So uh, for me then, um, uh, and I like to say this, is that what then does it mean to be human? Right? Mm. What does it mean to be human? So it, what it means for me is then to be able to go against the grain of these ev- uh, bioevolutionary programs. Right? Yes. Be able to, like, so now, for example, we have the Americans for Disabilities Act or... Um, you know what we we're looking looking at have uh, you know uh, uh, issues that are very contentious to our times. Really hearken to our bioevolutionary programs for survival and production. For example, we don't allow euthanasia, uh, right? And because that goes against the survival and production. So how can we go against this? You know, um, in a, in an educated way, right? Um, we, we we know that uh, thousands of children in the Palatia are starving, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and yet, uh, uh, you know, and 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 yet we, you know, uh, are, are 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 drinking our six dollar uh, lattes, right? right? So uh, you know, there, there's this there's this uh, this uh, kind of. Um, uh, 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 thing that's uh, within us that's really wired in us, right? So we, how do we counter that? So we mm-hmm. come with creative solutions, and and with that, you know, we have to transcend. We have to go to our rational minds, uh, and it's very difficult to get to the rational mind because it's often counterintuitive. Like for example, uh, uh, Charles Darwin's theory on evolution, right? It's very counterintuitive, right? It's uh, for for him. It's like, well, we have random variation in our genes, and then it's actually the environment that selects for us. And mm-hmm. it's um, um, actually very interesting that uh, we commit, for example, called a fundamental attribution error. Right? We attribute something 
like to the CEO who tripled the whatever of the company in a year, not realizing that the tide was rising economically anyway, and we attribute very little to the environment we're mm. there in. So we make these mistakes, right? We are we're attributing to the disposition of the person rather to the environment to which um, uh, to which the the uh, the, the leader uh, uh, was actually operating in, and we. Um, uh, the funny way that I really uh, bring this home is, you know, uh, I, I love Nassim Taleb's, you know, um, uh, uh, Full Randomness book. He was also the author of Black Swan, mm. you know, um, is yeah. more like a turkey is led to believe every day. Oh, he likes me. He really likes me. And then Thanksgiving comes up and then he gets beheaded. And we're like that uh, in the markets, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. But in full by randomness, uh, there's actually a story there. It's like, okay, I have 100 leaders now, right? Uh, or 100 basketball players or, you know, um, uh, and so on. And, and uh, you know, you tell them, okay, you know, every year I'm only going to get the best and the brightest among you. I'll cut you down by 50%. But what they don't know is you're simply flipping a coin. You know, mm. you really don't look at their credentials, you're just flipping a coin. So the first year, you know, um, you have 50, the second year you have 25, the third year you have, uh, you know, uh, 12.5 and so on. By the seventh year, the the guy who is there says, I got here from sheer hard work. I right, wake right. up at four o'clock every morning, blah, blah, blah. And you go, dude, I was only flipping the coin. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we get fooled by randomness uh, mm. a lot of the time, right? and that's how because that's how we're wired, right? We we have what's called a panicity um, uh, uh, bias. Uh, we tend to see patterns. That's why we see faces in clouds and so on. And that's why there are a lot of conspiracy theories around because we like to we like to see you know. Um, uh, pedophiles in pizza shops. I'm sorry, uh, but <laughs> but but um, but but that's that's the um, uh, that's the that's the programming, right? So it behooves us to actually study how are we programmed. You know, what are, that's why I, I discussed the development of of the brain. You know, it's like a question mark going from the bottom, from you know. Th- uh, towards the front of the of the brain um, because that, that's how we're wired and what is wired in there the bioevolutionary programs and all of their shortcuts they're called heuristics right how we we uh, make decisions right uh, because uh, uh, things like um, for example uh, if you uh, an example that I can give is like uh, I, I tell you okay uh, Evan which treatment would you choose you know um, uh, this this drug that will uh, make uh, uh, ninety people survive, or ninety percent of the people survive, or um, uh, this drug that will kill ten people. Mm. You know, what will your answer be? The drug that saves ninety percent of the people who take yes. it. Yes, yes, but they're the same, right? Uh, yeah, nine yeah. ten. Yeah, 10% death and uh, 90% alive. We choose the alive, but they are the same. And yeah. this is how, this is how I, I, I say that we should teach uh, these kinds of things earlier, like grade mm. school, you know, so that uh, the rationality, you know, it's, it's people, 
for example, uh, people vote, people do things by their emotion, right? But what we need to teach is to stop and say, okay, um, I to, to look at their emotions because of their training, education, and mindfulness, right? To, to look at their emotions and to look at who, if there's a who in there, you know, that the, that the self or the ego is up, at who is getting angry or who is making a decision, and then operate the rational part of the brain and say, okay, you know, um, uh, I recognize now that this is the program that's running and they're actually equal. You know, this, mm. this two, uh, these two uh, choices are actually equal. And that's when you begin to push, you know, counterintuitive things like rationality, etc. And until mm. we're able to do that, and it's hard to train this, right? It's, it's hard to train your brain to think rationally. And mm. the, the markets are, you know, it's been proven. The markets are never rational, for example. Mm. The stock market never is. Um, so, and, and I know that because I traded currencies using artificial intelligence for five years. So, mm. uh, so, so when, when you now realize these things, then see how, uh, what are the steps we can do moving forward, right? For me, it's always... Like, uh, like, like, for example, when I created health optimization medicine and practice, right? That's a, yes. a practice that detects and corrects imbalances in your metabolized inside your cell. I mm. said, well, you know, illness medicine is about diagnosis and treatment of disease. Mm. So health optimization is about the uh, detection and correction of your balances inside the cell. So uh, when, when we're looking at things like this, it requires a shift in perspective. And the shift in perspective, for example, give is plus medicine, you're looking at a person as a part of a population, right? Mm. So your antibiotic has to work within the population. Your surgery has to work in the population. But health is not that way. And I know you believe this, uh, that health is a highly individualized thing. You need something that's tailored for you. So the shift that you need to make is to shift to looking the body at the body as an ecosystem in itself, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas you used to look at the person as part of an ecosystem. Now the shift that you need to make in perspective is to look at the body as an ecosystem in itself. It's like a jungle that needs to balance itself. Yes. Right. And so now you, you're very familiar with, for example, autonomic balance. Like for example, people with in chronic stress have very high sympathetic sympathetic tone, right? They're always nervous. They're Mm. always worried. They're always uh, ready to punch people in the face uh, (laughs) uh, and and so on, right? There's a very high sympathetic tone. And what meditation does to you is make you identify, you know, that that, that kind of activation. And so you could balance it out. So it's part of, uh, you know, in health meditation, we're only about balancing those things. And the twist that I put in there is that you put it at a younger age when it was optimal for you, right? For mm. example, you balance hormones, nutrients, um, you know, uh, uh, and, 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 and micronutrients and, um, and macronutrients according to when you were optimal, which is when you were between 21 and 30 years old, right? Mm. There, again, there are a network. You know, mm-hmm. like, for example, if you give someone too much uh, zinc in the winter when you're trying to prevent cold, you're going to spill out their copper. So, 
you know, the body has this kind of yes. balance. So we, yes. when you when you give someone, when you people, for example, men who uh, take arginine so they can have better boners, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> they 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 they, they, they well, you know, it's a nitric oxide precursor. So, oh, I know, um, I know. So so they they try to they 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 begin to get her source right. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Source, right? Because, and that's because it you're, imbalances the lysine. The lysine, yeah. So, yeah. so you, you could, the body does a lot of balancing, and it's in a network. You cannot just touch one and and uh, and expect that uh, things will go well. And that's my quarrel, right? When you just give a man a testosterone, no, you don't just don't give a man testosterone. You balance everything else: growth hormone, you know, thyroid hormone, thymus gland, the, the, the uh, pancreas, the, the adrenals, you know, and then uh, uh, the, the gonads, at least those major centers, right? So, That's so awesome. now you see, yeah. The, yeah, you see the body as a network, Absolutely. you know, as a network, uh, as, as is basically its own uh, ecosystem. So looking, looking at that, it's, it's a, that kind of perspective shift is needed, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it, we need that kind of uh, shift. And that shift in perspective is really all that we're doing when we're recognizing, right? When we're recognizing the illusoriness of the self. Yes. It just at first, for people, it occurs in brief moments, right? That mm-hmm. they, they, uh, there's where this, they realize that the self doesn't, doesn't exist. And to give them a longer experience of that, you give them fucking five grams of uh, mushrooms and, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, well, which is what uh, Hopkins does, right? He's uh, supervised, right. Uh, right. supervised. So, so that's, that's where I am. You know, we are highly connected within ourselves. We're connected to our microbiota. We're connected to, to everything because it's all part of us. So when you start looking at the body as an ecosystem itself, then suddenly the gut microbes that you have or the skin microbes are part of you. They're no longer mm-hmm. outside of you, right? Yep. Uh, they're part of you that you should take care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that uh, that you should take care of by eating a high, high fiber diet, etc. And then now, um, you know, there is, uh, 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 for example, Russo. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we we know that we have an endocannabinoid system. Yes. And he has pro- he has proposed he has proposed the existence of endocannabinoid imbalance, right? Mm. Um, so um, the endocannabinoid imbalance, uh, which he actually he says it can be remedied not just by cannabis alone you know it can be remedied by exercise proper yes. diet and so on he's 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 not he's not uh, dogmatic about saying no you should take cannabis you're talking and, about dr ethan russo yeah yes yeah, yes, yes. Right? and he was the one the, the thing is um the endocannabinoid efficiency uh, uh, syndrome uh uh-huh. uh is 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 a theory that he has right and you really have need to have both. You need to have the and the data. And the data that he has shown would be, you know, uh, uh, why is, for example, migraine, uh, chronic fatigue, um, and uh, one more. Uh, there's one more uh, disease. Uh, it was a triad. Uh, that that uh, yeah. why are they always linked together um, in pain, right? And and so he he that's his data right and then it's it gets relieved by by uh, exogenous uh, cannabinoids and 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 you know i've had, i have had uh, clients in california uh 
I don't call them patients because they're sick. I have clients in, in California who have benefited uh, from, uh, from this therapy because they have both uh, migraines and, and chronic fatigue syndrome, right? So, uh, so you have the theory uh, and then you the data the data that's following it up, but then it's being misconstrued by illness medicine people. You know, no such thing exists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's hard to, uh, and and but that's missing the point. You know, because you're look at that point from that viewpoint. Again, this is perspective, right? You're looking at cannabis as drug for right. treatment right. versus cannabis for health for relief of signs and symptoms, right? Yes. So. So then you could see then that uh, much of the fights that we're having are actually fights in the difference in perspective, right? You're looking at it in the traditional way. This is cannabis is a drug. And then you look at it now, cannabis for health, it's just for balancing. So what are we balancing? Well, the theory is we have an endocannabinoid system. Uh, yeah. We have an endocannabinoid deficiency. But one of the things, uh, Evan, that's uh, actually funny is that I had migraine one time and a friend of mine, uh, uh, I, I never had migraine after I started ho- balancing myself with hormones, right? Mm. And then uh, one time I was just massively jet lagged and I, I had to push myself for work here because work among um, politicians here in DC uh, is uh, quite demanding with I'm grumpy sure. old men, right? I'm sure. Uh, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, it, for the first time in my life, you know, took one hitter. You know, I, mm. I, I say, I, I, Clinton was right. He said I didn't inhale because he just had edibles, man. Uh, uh-huh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, 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 I could always say, you know, I've never inhaled, and that was the first time. Uh, you know, I he said, here, Ted, take this. It's it's uh, more rapid, and I took it. And man, it was a psychedelic experience. Just one uh-huh. hit. Yeah. And it was a psychedelic experience. The music sure. had a, a, you know, the words that were being said had a three dimensional state to them that are being passed back and forth. And yes. this is not, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is not typical, right? This is yes. not typical that, that it's, uh, it's, it's very psychedelic. And my friend said, Dad, you better get over this. You're going to be a cheap date. And then, <laughs> <laughs> And, and and then um uh, and then uh, it it was as uh, so so uh so psychedelic for me and it lasted for about three hours right mm. and then after three hours of course the migraine came back but mm. but um then I I um uh you know I took a look at my uh, genetic code right and why is it that every time that, that that was the first time and then there was a second time and I, I, I experienced the same thing. And I said, well, that um, this happens to me. And it turns out, you know, there, there were genes in there uh, that could probably be triggered and induce uh, cannabinoid-induced schizophrenia. And that's just for me as, as, yeah. as, as yeah. a gene. So, so, um, uh, I took a, so I was putting together, and this is now very personal to me. I started putting things together. You know, achacosa in Spanish is really very, has a very bad meaning. It means uh, 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 dec- decrepit old man, right? Oh, and I, God. When, peop- when, 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 when people know the meaning, they go, oh, and they laugh, right? The Spanish people, they laugh. And I said, that's why I became a doctor, you know? Uh, and, and, um, you know, from a younger age, I always had a lot of these aches and pains. That's which I thought it was normal, 
for people to have aches and pains, right? And and uh, probably it's the, this is the reason why I have my my uh, last name, right? Uh, mm. as, uh, uh, because because of uh, all of these complaints. And then I uh, my hypothesis is this: uh, I, my endocannabinoid balance is probably when my endocannabinoid tone is very probably low. Uh, and therefore, I have lots of these aches and pains, right? Mm. In order to prevent me from becoming schizophrenic, mm. right? If my endocannabinoid tone were higher, then I probably would be schizophrenic. Well, sometimes I am, but... Um, Interesting. The, yeah, so it's just, it's just uh, you know, uh, N equal to one observation. On right? that... But perhaps, yeah. No, on that note, this is something that's very fascinating to me, Dr. Ted. I mean, you're fucking blowing my mind, brother. I, I'm so happy to have had you on here. Um, so on the idea of schizophrenia, are you familiar with Yogi Bhajan? Yogi mm-hmm. Bhajan came to America and he basically, he was one of the uh, early... Uh, emissaries to use that word again of yoga and meditation in America and he came over here in the mm-hmm. 60s to teach the young hippies particularly starting I think at Woodstock about the power of yoga and meditation and and, and mm-hmm. during this time uh, the American medical establishment had started experimenting or practicing lobotomies on people who were schizophrenic but yogi bhajan said stop doing these lobotomies send them to me i'll teach them how to meditate because schizophrenics and and heavy meditators both uh, suffer from or are gifted with hyperactive or overly active pineal glands so I'm curious if schizophrenia from a neuroscience perspective is perhaps some sort of, you know, gift and curse in that way of a, a hyperactive center of the brain. And, and, what, and in that, what is the role of the pineal gland in the brain? Okay, um, let me uh, put it this way. Uh, in, in a cultural context, there are cultures out there uh, with uh, shamans, right, yes. in, in the group. And they identify kids with the gift, right, mm. uh, early on. And they turn out to be actually potential schizophrenic, right? Interesting. And they, the shamans teach the kids, uh, be they boy or girl, they teach them, okay, you know, you can only you can see that the rest of the tribe won't be able to see that. So mm-hmm. they get guided early, mm-hmm. right? They get guided early because there's, they can see things that other people can't. And uh, so, the, uh, so they grow up uh, knowing how to differentiate what other people can see and what only they can see, all right? Mm-hmm. So when we take a look at that from a neuroscientific perspective, then um, we can postulate that they probably are um, overproducing dimetryptamine, right? Uh, Mm. DMT, um, which is endogenous uh, to us. You know, the lung produces DMT. At night when we dream, we produce uh, DMT. When our life flashes before our eyes, before we die, we produce loads of DMT, right? And when you've taken 
an ayahuasca journey or in my case my chawa journey um uh, the 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 pharma the pharma waska journey without vomiting. I can't stand vomiting, man. Um, uh-huh. As I said, I don't like to suffer, so no vomiting yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Uh, so, so um, it, it's probably an uh, an abundance of that, right? You you've heard mm-hmm. of the you've seen of the painter uh, online, right? With with a, a tumor that p- produces an abundance of DMT mm. and the. Uh, the uh, paintings are very visionary, right? Yes. Uh, it's, it's what you see when you are in a DMT journey. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, you, you can postulate several things uh, about that. Is, uh, one is that they're producing a lot more DMT than usual. That's why, uh, for example, uh, uh, painters and uh, other artists you know, who are visually more uh, visual artists or schizophrenic, they don't like taking their drugs because it gets suppressed, right? Uh-huh. But there are other th- theories of uh, schizophrenia, right? Uh, w- uh, one uh, big candidate is, of course, is a miswiring of the brain, right? You mm. mistake uh, other things for other things. The other thing is also an overproduction of uh, dopamine, right? Uh, mm. Of the uh, of the dopamine system, um, and uh, the, of course the the one is an overproduction of DMT, and uh, the methyltryptamine is actually uh, a, a metabolite uh, in the brain, and. Uh, it's within the pathway of the production of melatonin, right? Um, mm. The, the yeah. hormone, melatonin is a hormone that signals your body to rest. Again, I want to correct people's um, uh, impression. Melatonin will not put you to sleep. Melatonin will only signal your body to rest, uh-huh. right? So, okay. um, so uh, you know, it's within that uh, melatonin pathway that DMT is produced. Now, we really don't know uh, the purpose of the DMTs, mm. right? Um, but it that, when when you take a, a, a lot of it, as in an ayahuasca or farmawasca journey, you see that it seems to, on a first-person experience, it seems to open a portal to another dimension for you to experience things. And yep. for me, it's, it's it's something like okay, if you have to keep it in a scientific basis, well, you know the the uh, the molecule actually makes your vibrate uh, va- brain quote unquote vibrate into its specific pathways that gives you that kind of uh, an open experience right because the, it, it eventually it, it the, the hope is that it kills your your ego right it it essentially just dampens the whole illusion that there, mm-hmm. the illusion isn't there for quite a while so so. Uh, and and um, uh, the the pineal gland, um, uh, 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 as we get older, uh, actually, uh, where the melatonin uh, is produced, mm. you know, uh, pituitary is anterior of the brain, you know, pineal is the back of the brain. They calcify, right? And uh-huh. uh, um, calcification is actually part of a normal process, but we uh, exaggerate it by having too much fluoride, for example, in water, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, my sister's a dentist, and uh, essentially she says, "Well, you know, you brush your teeth with you can brush your teeth with fluoridated uh, uh, toothpaste, but make sure you just rinse it all out, right?" Mm. And 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 uh, before because we're um, poorly informed, right? Um, that that we fluoridated the water too much, and mm-hmm. and. The, and fluoridated water is actually just meant for you to gargle and and you know rinse your mouth with. It's you really don't want to drink it. Yeah, 
Uh, so right. So um, uh, so so the 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 production. Uh, of mel- melatonin then is uh, mostly pituitary, but you know it's in the lore, right? The it's shaped like a uh, what you call this uh, a pineapple, pineapple, right? Uh-huh. Which you will see, which you will see in the Pope's scepter and yes, uh, ancient and iconography, so right? etc. Yes, yes, uh, 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 and so on and so forth. So because uh, it means right, pine, pine mm-hmm. cone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so that's that's the importance of that. And uh, in in one lecture of mine, a psychiatrist who has taken you know uh, over hundreds of ayahuasca journey says, mm. "How do you incorporate into your health optimization medicine and practice model, uh, you know, um, spirituality?" Mm. And I said, um, in keeping with you know imbalance, I said, "Well, that's just." Uh, uh, spell imbalance, right? So the spirit molecule is DMT. So you just give them DMT, problem solved, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love that now. I so it's that. D- I, I, I call it the DMT deficiency syndrome. <laughs> if, you like, if you lack the spirituality. World. The world has that. Um, yes, yes. Uh, so uh, you know it's and people often misconstrue and and this is the the thing is that I like defining things right you mm. you, you you have to define things like what is happiness for you you people say I want to be happy what what is that yeah right? so you have yeah. to be for me happiness is equanimity right uh, mm. that's that's what I mean by happiness not being too happy when things are really going great and not being too sad when when things are not great it's just you know these small waves rather than yes. tidal waves of joy and deep whirlpools of sadness i don't like that right yeah. uh, but for people they, that for for other people that works for them because they're addicted to that feeling right they're yeah. addicted to the feeling of deep sadness addicted to the feeling of deep joy um but when you're looking at spirituality you know what does spirituality mean Mm. you know uh yes. for you yeah what a child mean well, and how separate how separate it is, is it from religion you know what is the difference between spirituality and religion mm-hmm. right and how do you separate all of those uh uh all of those uh different concepts yeah well so, i think uh, i think that exact thing is part of the greater issue particularly in the West, and perhaps you can correct me on this, but it feels like a very Western, Westernized uh, concept of compartment, compartmentalization of everything. You know, our church, if you want spirituality, you go to the church. If you want, uh, you know, to do this, to work out, you go to the gym and everything is out there and it's in a certain place. And like you said, it dis it discounts this greater understanding that it's all one thing and it's all contained in this grand experience that we call life. And for many Americans in particular and seeing all of this divisiveness of, you know, how do you believe that? I believe this, this is what's right. This is what's true. If you're on that side of the line, you're, you're doing it wrong. Um, you know, and and in this greater emergency of, I call it a spiritual and emotional crisis, you know, because 
we have been so steeped in our materialism and our consumerdom and this idea of I'll be happy when X, Y, Z happens, or I'll be happy when I achieve this. And coming back to your earlier point of, um, and you, you said this in, a, in another podcast, and I wanted to hit this with you. And you said this earlier on. I mean, you've just been on fire, Dr. Ted. I, I, it's so awesome for you to just get on your roll. But this idea of enlightenment being this place you attain where your pain is no longer there or the, your thoughts, you have control over your thoughts. And rather than having that perspective, shifting your perspective to the observer, and being the witness of your life and allowing thoughts. And it goes to everything you've said. Like if we can get out of this idea of trying to control everything that's around us and it happening in our heads, and we just allow these things to happen and move through us, we'll, we'll achieve that sustained happiness or inner sense of joy and peace. You, what do you think about that, dude? Um that's uh, that's why i am pushing for people to be aware of their two sets of programming mm-hmm. how are you programmed by biology and evolution yeah so that you're able to identify those arise right mm. um and uh the the second is how are you pro- uh, programmed by your society and your culture including that of your family, right? Mm, Like what is in, for example, your attitude, say uh, uh, that's the the programming society and culture. There in society and culture, you know, embedded in there are things that you value, you know, and you have to check those. Is this what I really value? You know, uh, a lot more money, a lot more of this, 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 this. Um, uh, at the expense of my health, at the expense of my family, at the expense of not spending time with people I love. Um, so whose values are that? Are those your father's? You know, mm. is that the programming that was instilled to you by your father, by your mother, by your parents? What are your expectations? And then you jettison them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's what yes. encourage uh, uh, young adults, you know, when you're 21, 22 years old, go around and travel the world and yeah. uh, quote unquote, go find yourself and go finding yeah, yourself, yeah. actually finding yourself in, <laughs> inside you all along, right? Yes, exactly. Be, and the, the, reason, the reason for going outside is going outside of your family and your environment, right? Because, mm. because as I said, we often have this fundamental attribution error that it is us, right? Our different disposition, et cetera. But when you take a look at the big picture, the context, uh, you know, you take yourself out of the context and you will able to, you'll be able to identify things a little better. So even just those two, they're big exercises, you know, I still do them, you know, they're lifetime exercises on identifying, for example, in terms of your uh, bioevolutionary programs, identifying your cognitive biases, you know, mm. uh, uh, in in terms of uh, social social cultural programs, you know, um, what's uh, uh, you you determine what's uh, culturally appropriate, you know, uh, culturally appropriate behavior for you. Um, 
in terms of how you relate with uh, other people. Uh, for example, uh, the first time I, I uh, worked, I work in Asia 30 days every quarter, except for during this time of the pandemic, mm. um, temporary grounded here. But um, you know, the first time I worked there 11 years ago, I held a meeting and I was pulled aside by the owner of the company said, you know, you made two of my people cry. And I didn't even know uh, that I did that. And I realized like, oh, this is a different culture. Mm. You know, this is an Asian culture where uh, you have to be indirect all the time. You know, and I was being American, just, you know, uh, <laughs> bulldozing yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Because, because, again, I was focused on the project, right? I wasn't focused on the people. So... Knowing, uh, these are simple steps that you can do. I mean, uh, all the information is, is uh, out there, right? Uh, mm -hmm. To do that, uh, to do that, um, you know, uh, know thyself. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a very, very useful uh, old adage. And from there, you can build on, right? You can, you can build on a lot of these things. And mm. know that, um, uh, and I like to say this to the students that I teach, uh, the, the, only thing, the only, uh, the only valuable thing that a mentor can really give his students, you know, or his mentees is perspective. You know, mm. the rest you can read on internet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, pers no perspective, doubt. you know, like, like, for example, having an evolutionary perspective towards health, Eben, you know, um, important, you know, um, uh, how did we get to be this way? You know, why are we yes. predisposed to certain diseases and why aren't we predisposed to certain diseases? What our body used to um, more paleolithic prescription, right? Mm. Uh, rather than what we have right now. That's what, this is the make and model in evolution. And so on. if you take a look at how we evolved, then you could see that if I can give that to a yeah. perspective, to my... Um, to my students, then they're able to reason out very quickly. Uh, and an example of this is, uh, uh, for example, when I used to take uh, residents on rounds in the hospital, I'll ask them, so why are you oxygenating the patient? You know, mm. um, they will say to raise the arterial PO2. Why do you want to raise the arterial PO2? You know, so the brain will work and the heart will work. It's like, so, so why mm. do you want to raise oxygen in the, in the brain or in, in, in the heart? And no one actually goes to the fundamentals again of how we're built, right? Mm. It's, it's like, because oxygen is the final electron acceptor in the, mm. in the electron transport chain of the mitochondria, which itself is a bacterium that lives inside a cell, mm. right? So uh, we, we, you, you can reason out uh, a lot of these things just by doing that. And the more difficult part is actually that, that uh, we, know, we know that we have to exert a lot of things on our bottom-up impulses, right? I want to punch you now, but, you know, our, our, uh, our top-down or our rational part says, okay, no, you know, I'm not going to punch you now. Uh, because there is such a thing called diplomacy that we learned and, and so on and so forth. So you could see how uh, we are still bereft of the control, of a, of a pure mm. rational control. And we, 
it probably we never can. All we can do is achieve a balance between the, mm. the two, right? Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know when it is to, that you need to be angry to make a point and you know when it is to pull back, right? So, so th- these are the kinds of things that we're still learning about ourselves. You know, we leave everything. Um, uh, I, I like to leave things open-ended, um, mm. uh, uh, for example, like questions like the nature of the universe, you know, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I actually tell people, you know, who, who, um, who say, you know, what's the purpose of my life and, uh, why am oh, I here? And, yeah. and, and I go, you know, those are useless <laughs> questions, you know, <laughs> They will just fucking get you depressed. Stop yeah. asking them. Yeah. It's not going to make you a, 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 any better person, right? Um, it's, it's a poorly framed, right? The questions are poorly framed. Mm. Um, there are no answers to, yeah. to, to those questions. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so this is, this is um, what is for me. Um, uh, in, in, in January, I, I, I think, I, I don't know whether I, I told this to, to Luke, but... Um, uh, at 11.30 at night, I had a sudden laughing fit, right? Like a sudden laughing fit um, where I, uh, it hit me in the gut that life is purposeless and meaningless, right? Uh-huh. Uh, life is purposeless and, and meaningless. And I was laughing my head off because I'm prone to depression. You know, I already mm. uh, tried to commit uh, that to myself uh, once. So, uh, and then uh, wow. because of of because of the depression that that uh-huh. goes with existential angst, right? I yeah. used to get depressed by by that issue, and then just realizing that I, I was laughing for twenty four hours. I even had to call a friend of mine who was a doctor. I said, "Do I need to inject myself with an antipsychotic?" But it was so funny, right? It was so totally funny. The cosmic joke that. Yeah, it was a totally big cosmic joke. And so to, not to disturb the neighbors, I, I ran to my kitchen. And then right there is like a complete dissolution of the ego, right? The kitchen cabinets and I were one and the same thing. So, so, it, so it was, it was like, it was uh, so terribly funny. And then I, I had this, it's just an, it's just an experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't need these experiences for uh, these quote-unquote enlightenment experiences. Right, uh, right. Uh, right? It's, it's not necessary, but it just happened to me. And, and I saw this, like, suddenly there was, as if they, there was this screen in front of me that was playing my life, right? Mm. Uh, playing my life. And uh, someone turned the lights on. And I was like, holy fuck, I was just watching myself in a movie. And wow. it, was, it was like, and then, um, and then suddenly, you know, the, the screen started, just started to, to uh, descend. And in there were all the illusions that was my life. And I, I found it hilarious. That's so profound, I, man. Yeah. Before I slept that night, I said, I'm not going to medicate myself to sleep. So, uh, because if, if, you know, it's the ego said, I want more of this experience. Yeah, yeah, right? of course. But, but, but I found myself just laughing the whole night, right? Laughing the whole man. night and, and, and the next day. So, so um, but, but just to tell people, you don't need this kind of quote-unquote enlightenment experience, you know, because in, 
in uh, Dzogchen, um, you know, uh, uh, where I'm uh, trained at, you know, this is called the ordinary mind, right? Mm. Uh, the mind, the mind without the self uh, referential system is called the ordinary mind. Right. Mm. So uh, I tell them this is not a super mind. This is like just really going back to the ordinary mind mm. and training yourself to get back to the ordinary mind that has been cluttered by yes. all the sociocultural pro all the sociocultural programs that are in there. Right, uh, Doctor Ted. So that's so. I mean, it's awesome, man. That's everything I'm I'm tapped into these days is everything you're saying. It's so, it's so cool to hear you talk about it so eloquently. And so in such a deep analytical way, um, are you familiar with Sad Guru? Yeah, I've, uh, uh, seen a few of his videos. So he's, uh, he's the, very much on that in that wavelength of, you know, if you talk to him about how do you attain a enlightenment or, how do I, what are the steps to improving myself to get to this place of self-actualization? He would laugh at you and say that there is no improving yourself. Everything you have and everything you are and everything you need is right here in front of you, within you right now. You know, and so I totally vibe with that. That being said, though, I do believe, like you said, it's about decluttering and cleansing yourself of all of that socio-cultural programming that we've been uh, put under since we were little kids, you know. So, yeah, a friend of a, f- a friend of mine said uh, to me once, you know, enlightenment is exactly it means, you know, to biter. So it's not something that you add; it's something right. that you subtract to make mm. you lighter. It's something that you remove, mm. right, to make you lighter. So that's uh, it, man. That's it right the, there. The, so the decluttering, you know, is uh, uh, actually uh, getting lighter. But and, and and something to make you really lighter is to uh, see uh, that the self is also uh, the self-referential system is also there that makes things happen. So oh. when you uh, shatter the illusion. Uh, or at least when you recognize uh, that the illusion is at play, then it makes things a lot lighter and easier for you. Oh, you know, it's just an illusion. Dude, Dude, that's the place to end right there. Uh, Dr. Ted, uh, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. Um, I really appreciate it. An amazing knowledge and wisdom and insight there in that hour and a half. I, I can't thank you enough. And I, I'd love to have you on again, Doctor Ted, if to talk about some other stuff. Because, you know, I don't know. I we I don't know how much you know about me, but you know, I played pro football in the NFL, and coming out of my experience, uh, I've very organically fell into cannabis advocacy and getting the NFL to remove cannabis from its banned substance list because cannabinoids present one of the few if not the only remedies to concussions and brain trauma and this thing that nfl players suffer from called chronic traumatic encephalopathy cte which i'd i'd love to get your neuroscience take on that at some point as well uh, sure sure um, I, I just just to whet your appetite it was uh, it's a journey um i was at a conference room uh, 
one time and uh, there were doctors, uh, we, we were having a different meeting and then they rushed an MRI uh, of something mm. and that being my specialty, right? Uh, I looked and I said, oh my God, I said, that, that, that has a, that has a, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, micro infarcts in, in the, and, and then the, the neurologist said, okay, the press is that, you know, the, the MRI scan is normal. And I said, whose is that? It turns out to be some boxers MRI. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> Just- yes. No, and I'd love to dive. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. I'd love to dive into you, into that with you. Um, but uh, we'll do that next time, man. Definitely. And uh, I will be sure to... I'm going to, I record a little introduction that'll go at the beginning of this episode and I'll be sure to let everybody know where they can find you and all your information. But if you want to just let them know right now, before I take us out, go ahead and do that. Sure. Uh, For health optimization, medicine and practice, you can go to homehope.org. So that's home and then H-O-P-E.org. And then um, for uh, transcriptions for the blue canatine um, uh, uh, focusing uh, trochee, uh, that's a transcriptions. Um, that's uh, uh, like prescriptions, but with a T-R-O. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, if you uh, are in, in Asia, you know, I'm uh, in Manila, 30 Days of Recorder. That's at uh, biobalanceinstitute.com. Amazing. Amazing. Dr. Ted, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Eben. And hey, everybody, thank you guys so much for joining me in this episode of the Ebb and Flow podcast. I hope you guys got as much out of that as I did. That was enlightening, to say the least. Um, And greatly appreciate Dr. Ted's time. So until next time, everybody, Lots of love. Stay positive. Stay strong. Stay mindful. Practice your meditation. Start observing those thoughts. It'll do you wonders. So lots of love to you guys. Until next time, I'm Evan Britton, and we're out of here. Peace.